He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. It's time to get more intense and more focused. Jude moves from discussing communities into discussing the most wicked and evil people in the Old Testament. This wickedness lives in the false teachers and causes them to be completely worthless to the Christian church. Worse, they are twice condemned. Listen in. We're going to jump right in here to verse 11, and we're coming into a huge preaching moment here, Timothy, just a huge preaching moment. Now, this has been really heavy stuff, and it's about to get even heavier, at least for the moment, because Jude's going to come out right away here as a prophet, as a preacher, as a servant of Jesus Christ here, and he's going to make a proclamation about these people who act in the way that we've been describing. And he's going to do it. He's going to prove it through three, again, here's another triad, right? Another trio, uh, through three Old Testament examples. Now, what's different about these three Old Testament examples, is, and we can compare and contrast these from verses 5 through 8, is that in verses 5 through 8, we had groups of people, right? We had groups of people we were dealing with. Now, all of a sudden, we are dealing with individuals, so he's ramping Powerful, up. powerful individuals. Yep, he's making it very, very personal here. He's and getting, so I'm just going to yep. read it. I'm oh. just going to read it. Verse 11. He says, woe to them. Woe to them. So this is a, that's the preaching part, right? This He's calling down a curse, you might say. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. There's person number one, individual number one. They've taken the way of Cain. You got to be thinking Old Testament now. Cain, Old Testament. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. All right, so that's individual number two. And we're going to get individual number three now. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Yeah, so I think what you have to do is like play a little game with yourself and think who are the worst people? that have ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> Who like, would it be? Like, who's if you got could, the if you worst could pick any figure <laughs> from the Old Testament, right? Pick the worst figure in the Old Testament. Who would it be? <laughs> and what, one of them's got to be Cain. I mean, this is, this is the guy who, when sin was knocking at his door and crouching there like a lion, he murdered his brother. In cold blood, simply out of jealousy. Well, and he it's, becomes you could you could say he becomes paradigmatic for he, he's the model, the paradigm, the way that humanity is now. Because uh, in Moses' writing there in Genesis, 
Adam and Eve fall into sin. Who's their first kid? It's Cain. Well, what's he like? He's a homicidal maniac. <laughs> yeah. He just, he kills in cold blood. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> the false, the false teachers are like Cain. Like he, Jude is, is not holding back at all. You know, like he's not even going with a middle of the road type of evil figure. He's, he goes straight to Cain. And then he, he goes to Balaam. You know, what's Balaam's? Why, why are we naming Balaam here? They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. Well, all right. The, let's leave that there for a second and just notice overall structure again. Last time we talked about a trio from the Old Testament or a triad, we noticed that Jude did not put him in chronological order. And you've got that again, right? Yeah. Okay. The chronology, there's no, so he's, again, Judah's stacking up these three individuals um, and moving up with, with, you might say, shock and awe. And that, that brings us to Balaam. Uh, he's a figure that shows up in the book of Numbers. Um, yeah, so actually, like, a, in a pretty extended discourse, a pretty extended narrative. Let's just point this out, though. The intensification isn't like in the evil that is done. But in the in the executed punishment that comes from God, like Cain is marked and he goes on living his life. Balaam dies. But Kor is swallowed up by the earth. Yeah, those are so, the various types of judgment. Yeah. But like back, back to my question, like why is what is Balaam's sin exactly? Why he why is he named as in as this prominent evil figure? Well, first of all, there seems to be some kind of profiting that he's doing here. So in his life history, he's doing stuff for money. He's trying to channel the power of the gods um, to change the fate of nations. That's how he's pictured there in Numbers. And uh, he does it for profit. Now, yeah. he, now he is pictured. So Balak, the king of Moab, pays Balaam to put a curse on Israel. And this is a story that all of us should read if you've never read it. And um, the Lord won't let Balaam curse the Israelites. He can only bless them. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's right. a hilarious scene. Well, you got to read about the talking donkey. Yeah, um, the, there's the talking to, do, donkey. Yeah. You just got to go read it, you know? Yeah. But then Balaam, since he can't put a curse on Israel, he tells the king of Moab, Balak, just um, send the most beautiful women that you can think of. Have a party. You know, I don't know if he said that. but And, and get the Israelites to marry um, these idolatrous women. And well, the Israelites it wasn't even did just it. That. And then the Lord cursed them. <laughs> so it was like Balaam got them to fall. And here's what I'm trying to say. Balaam got them to fall into sexual sin. Well, yes, he led and he led them all. He was a so he's for a, he's profit. A, he's like a he's a prime example of a false teacher, right? And, and this is this is the problem with Jude's false teachers, right? Where they are polluting their bodies, just like the Israelites were, because of Balaam. I think that's part of the point here. Yeah, so he's a he's a big paragon of uh, greed. You know, he's profiting, uh, immorality, and also idolatry. 
So all three of those things make Balaam uh, a perfect example. Like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. that's a scary false teacher. I, I shouldn't follow him. <laughs> that's not going to end well. 24, you know, thousands and thousands of people died as a result of that one. 24,000. Um, and then you got Korah. Then you, you got, got the Korah's big one. rebellion. Then you got the big one. That's the big one. So he Number rebels one. against Moses, sets himself up as an opposition party. Um, even though the Lord had called Moses to lead the people. And the Lord does something dramatic. <laughs> the earth so dramatic. The earth opens up and swallows Korah and the main instigators of the rebellion into the heart of the earth. <laughs> yeah, into Sheol, right? Into Sheol. Oh man. I mean, like it's the most dramatic wow. judgment. Wow, it's right up there with Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> That's right, and 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 just for uh, throwing off authority of a faithful pastor, right? Just a faithful pastor. Uh, Moses wasn't uh, picking on him or anything. Uh, he they threw off Moses' authority. Who are you to preach to us? And uh, God said, I picked him. And so, so Jude, he uses those three intensifying along the way um, individuals in the Old Testament. And now he's going to give his commentary. So we've been following the structure, these people, he says. And he's going to give six sort of characteristics of the false teachers now. This is verses 12. 12 to 13. So here's what he says. These are the, these are people. These people are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Autumn leaves without fruit and uprooted twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever Oof. <laughs> stunning 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 illustrations here stunning illustrations uh, i think it's probably worth pointing out at this point that jude is we've been kind of marveling at his style for a second let's marvel at his style and then take to heart what he's saying but stylistically what jude does is he he looks at every facet of the created order, right? Every facet of the created order. You've got something way out in outer space, right? Mm -hmm. right? You got you got some wandering stars. You got something in our earthly sky. So you're moving a little bit closer. You got some clouds. Uh, you got trees right here on the earth. Um, and so you're getting a little bit closer. And then you also have the oceans that he's dealing with. And so, do you see that there? Yeah, it's it's just, it's amazing. It's brilliant, brilliant metaphors here. And and on their own, actually, these are good things. Like stars are good; they help they help you know where you are. Like they help you. Navigate. Clouds are good. Clouds are good. They bring <laughs> rain. And fruit trees are good. Fruit trees are good. They're they're really good. And so are shepherds. And um. In verse so 12, are pastors. Yeah. Pastors are good. 
these are these are good things, but not like they have the right form but the wrong function. So you you've got um, shepherds who are supposed to feed the sheep, but they feed only themselves. And you've got clouds that don't bring rain. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. Let me go back to that shepherd one. Let me go to that shepherd one. Okay. They in each, and you're going to point this out as you go along, as we go along too. But they do the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do. What's a shepherd supposed to do? Feed his sheep. What's yeah. he doing here? Feeding only themselves. That's so they a take sick the thing and, to do. It's a, it's sick, a thing sick, to do. sick thing to do. It's in fact you're not a shepherd at all then. So, okay. So shepherds only feed themselves. I'll, I jumped in there. Go ahead. So you, you got clouds, and and when a cloud would come on land, you know you're thinking, please rain, please rain, God send rain. These these clouds don't rain. Well, they don't help okay. the crops. Put up. Let's put ourselves in the Middle East for a second. All right. <laughs> Because in South Carolina, we've been getting a lot of rain. And, you know, if we get rain these days, people are going to look at the clouds and, oh, good, they passed over. We didn't get more rain. We don't need yeah. any more rain right now. <laughs> but in the, if you're in the Middle East, you got to think like you're in the Middle East. And if clouds are coming and you haven't seen rain in a long, long time and it's really, really dry and they promise rain, just think about how disappointing that would be. You know, you're thinking I'm going to see wildflowers. I'm going to I'm going to be able to eat some crops here, and then all of a sudden the clouds that promise they're heavy with rain all of a sudden they just blow out. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that and that's that's sort of the common theme here. You got autumn trees that have no fruit. So I, it makes me think of that one time Jesus is what you know he's walking around Jerusalem there. And he comes up to a fig tree, and there's no fr- figs, and he curses it. It's it, so disappointing. Yeah, like whoa. Like if no you have, if you plant, plant an apple tree, and now it's it's autumn tree, right? You plant an apple tree, yeah. and then you get to the fall, and you're like, "Come on, where's the apples? I want an apple. It's yeah. an apple tree, you know." And and then you got the waves, and and you know how you know how the ocean works. You got this nasty sediment garbage at the bottom. And it and the waves when they're wild they bring it up and all that the, sludge right yeah and then you have these stars but the stars are no good because they wander like they're not fixed points in the sky. Well, um, if you're if you're out on if you're out in some you know you're trying to get from point A to point B on land or on a ship or something like that you have to be able to set your course by a star that stays solid right if it's just wandering around the sky you're going to stay lost there's there there are leaders that promise so much um and then they you know they don't do what they promise you know, I, I will say this: some some commentators wonder is is Jew talking about planets because planets have this function; they'll be in the sky and they kind of wander frustratingly. And the people back then thought they were kind of messed up stars, wandering stars. Probably, I think the best interpretation. Yeah, I don't know. You can disagree with me, Timothy, but maybe a meteor, you know, something like that—a shooting star of sorts. It just comes across this the sky. And it just, you know, boom, point A to point B, can't count on it, and then it's gone. 
it, it's, it's use, useless. Like, it's not like wishing upon a star. I mean, it's like these are these are stars that are no good to me as a sailor. Yeah, and you can understand then when God says, "Look, all of these things have been ruined. All these are pictures of things of ruined creation. What good does God have for them? Right? It's a ruined creation." Uh, and so Jude says, "There, therefore, whom." Blackest darkness has been reserved forever. And again, there's another picture of what we would call hell. So this complete and utter deprivation, blackest darkness, um, that's reserved forever. And Jude says that's where that this thing is headed. These and, people are headed. You know, it's. I always think it's interesting, you know, darkness is, is this metaphor. Maybe a metaphor, maybe it really will be dark in hell. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, but the point there is that if you imagine the darkest place that you have ever been and, and, and your eyes are just closed, it's, it's sheer disorientation. It's sheer lostness. It's, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going and I might fall off a cliff at any moment. And you know what that strikes in your heart is terror anxiety fear it, fear mm. it's and that's why the scriptures talk about darkness in this way and, and associate it so often with satan and hell because it it's the opposite of light it's, it's just sheer and utter lostness and the stars that are shooting across the sky are no good for guidance and that's why this is so awful this sin because they're leading people to a place that that causes despair. There's no North Star. There's no up or down. There's no East or West. There's no way you can orient yourself in your world to any kind of created order, right? I mean, you're just, any kind you're just of living according to your passions. And uh, it's so, so scary from a human perspective. You lose your humanity altogether. And that's the threat. You know, to bring us back to verse 12, that's the threat, right? These people are at Christian love feasts. These people. Now, I will mention where I have to talk about that term love feast, too. But these people, Jude says, they're blemishes. Now, that's the NIV translation. I think there's actually the, the Greek term there is talking about a hidden reef. Yeah, a reef, or, right. You know, or if you want to think about um, the Titanic, like a hidden glacier, like you could, you hit that thing and down you go and you don't really realize how dangerous it really is. That's what Jude's saying here. When you have a false teacher like this in the Christian midst, you don't realize uh, what a threat um, he or she really is uh, at the love feast. Now, what's a love feast? You tell me. I, All right. Well, I, I know that there's. It, it's hard to pin it down. I think, and I, I don't know that we necessarily should. I, I know some people will say, "Oh, this has got to be the second sacrament. This has got to be the Lord's Supper." I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. It maybe it was included in that, but it's. I think it's an idea that's bigger than that. Um, but what it what what do you think it is or can you can you do, give us a little guidance in in the book of Jude? 
I mean, you have that Greek word agape there, right? The That's the root idea here is Christians loving each other, you know, Christians being together and loving each other. And I mean, every Christian is going to think about the highest expression of that, right? Which would be um, the intimacy of partaking the Lord's body and blood together. And so you go there. I mean, every Christian does. Um, but again, that might not, not be this, what this specific expression is getting at. But, you, but we think about that, you know, the fellowshipping that you have together. Um, it's certainly what Jude is getting at. And, and look, the idea here is this. Here's the idea. Here's the big idea. Is when you have somebody who comes out um, in a congregation, in a group of people who love each other and love the Lord, and they say, and they just tell lies about, about his word. You know, and that's what we have here. This isn't, these aren't people who are just keeping their opinions to themselves about about things they're out there and they're saying this is this is right wrong except it isn't right and wrong right mm -hmm. and and those are the people who destroy true love because true love is respecting each other respecting each other's souls respecting each other's bodies valuing each other's bodies and souls and these people are just chucking that out the window so it's destroying true love from God, and that's exactly what Jude is talking about here. Um, thank God for Jesus. You know, that's what I keep thinking. Thank God for Jesus, because when he came down here, um, he truly respected the human body, so much so that he took one up. <laughs> right. And he, and he lived with it, and he died with it, and he showed us what it means to respect a human body, and, and that's that finally he wants to resurrect us in our bodies uh, to live with him forever. And that's when we'll finally experience the ultimate love feast um, in light, you might say. In Ooh, light I can't ever. wait. <laughs> the true understanding of everything. And he's the ultimate leader. You know, he's the ultimate leader who's going to bring us to that time and that place. And in the meantime, you got under shepherds, right? You have under shepherds, people who are shepherding other people. And those shepherds, First of all, if, if you're, if you're and Timothy, you and I have to take this to heart. You, we have to be true under-shepherds of Jesus and respect human bodies and respect human souls the way Jesus asks us to and teach that way. Um, and then if you're a Christian out there, uh, it's important for you, uh, I think this would be Jude's application for you, is to find a true under-shepherd of Jesus, somebody who's going to respect authority uh, Jesus authority uh, and respect the human bodies and the human souls that are in his care um, and teach the truth uh, because those are the people who are going to be clouds with rains who are going to be shepherds who feed their flocks who are going to be trees with fruit who are going to be the sea that's beautiful and calm who are going to be stars that are really a north star to turn all of Jude's metaphors around, right? <laughs>
can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517, Scripture, Theology, Life.